Did you know that throughout the Bible, whenever there is a sign or a symbol of blood sacrifice, that atonement is being revealed. You may not know this, but atonement unconcealed is Calvary revealed. You see, beloved saints, in this modern age, some may find it uncomfortable to speak about sacrifice, the atonement, and the cross. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and today I want to speak to you about your redemption rights. You see, beloved saints, all throughout the scripture, the Bible is presenting to us infallible proofs, and the Bible has already established a case, a case of blood evidence, and the burden of proof has been established that there is only one person that meets the match to every symbol and sign of atonement throughout the Bible, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So today, I invite you to stay tuned with us to know your redemption rights and to receive deliverance from the power of the plague, to receive deliverance today through for your breakthrough and know the blessings that are in the blood of Jesus that are yours today. And let's open our Bibles as I share with you Atonement Unconcealed, Calvary Revealed, the blood-bought blessings of Calvary's cross. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 25, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of blood. Romans chapter 5, verse 11, part B of the verse says, through our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom we have received the atonement. Throughout the scriptures, the text is teaching us that we must understand that Christ is our atonement. This was also the objective of the writer of Hebrews when he shares with us through the word of God that Jesus is our great high priest who passed through the heavens and presented his blood as an atonement on the true altar in the mercy seat in heaven. Now, beloved saints, in order to understand the proclamation of liberation revealed throughout scripture, the blood-bought blessings that happened on Calvary's cross, you and I today must look at the presentation of evidence. Now, in order for us to understand the miraculous manifestations throughout the scriptures that Jesus paid on the, on the cross and the miraculous manifestations of miracles, deliverance, healing, breakthroughs, and deliverance from demonic spirits, your destiny and decree of destiny that has been issued to you through the blood of Jesus. I want us, first of all, to establish the fact that we must first understand the Hebrew scriptures in the sense that every place we see atonement, symbols of atonement, signs of atonement, or prophetic parallels of atonement, this is actually heaven presenting the burden of proof in the form of physical and testimonial evidence. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that the blood of Jesus speaks better things than that of Abel. What does it mean when the Bible says the blood speaks 
better things than that of Abel. It literally means that the blood speaks in the sense that the blood has been a testimony. And we need to see that scripture has presented for us a compilation, beloved saints, of continuous evidence, evidence that cannot be refuted. So first of all, we need to see that if we are looking at the evidence that is presented in scripture, particularly which I refer to as blood evidence, I want you to understand, first of all, in the forensic sciences, forensic evidence is a broad spectrum of sci- uh, among the sciences and technologies used to investigate situations and to establish what has occurred based on collected evidence. Now, today, it is our objective to show you what occurred on Calvary's cross. It is our objective to show you even the time, the date, and the hour that Jesus Christ was crucified. I want you to understand that all of the evidence agrees. There are no witnesses that do not agree. The Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word of God be established. Not only is the word our reliable form of evidence, because the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all scripture is inspired of God and it is profitable for doctrine, reproof and correction in righteousness. But Jesus said there is also another witness and that witness is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is always going to testify of the blood. I want you to understand it. First of all, let us see that the witness, that the witness himself is the spirit of God. The Bible tells us in John chapter five, verse 32, Jesus said, but there is another that bears witness of me. And I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. Notice what the Bible tells us about the witness of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost always bearing witness to the blood. I want you to understand the Holy Ghost is always going to bear witness to the blood and the works of the blood because we must understand the whole purpose of of scripture is to reveal God's plan of salvation. Hallelujah. So here we see in 1 John, the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 5, let us look at the word of God. The Bible says in the the sixth verse, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but water and blood. And it is the spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is truth. There are three that bear record in heaven, the father, the word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. Now watch this verse eight. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. So I want you to understand today, the testimonial evidence that's going to be presented. Scripture has already said that that this witness, the witness of the Holy Spirit and the witness of the word that testifies that the blood of Jesus paid the price, that the blood of Jesus covers it all. Calvary covers it all. Calvary covers your salvation. Calvary has redeemed us from sin and from the stain of sin. Calvary has made us a new creation, but Calvary has 
also done many other things that we see revealed here in the scripture. And today we are going to show you the blood-bought blessings of Calvary's cross as we continue to see not only the testimonial evidence, beloved saints, as we just revealed to you through 1 John chapter 5 and through John chapter 5 and through 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. But also today, I want to present to you the preponderance of evidence found in what we call physical evidence. Today, through impressions, we see impressions in the scripture. Through fragments, we see fragments, hallelujah. All throughout history, we see fragments that would be substantial writings uh, that are historical documents that we see from the early church fathers and also through Christian history. I want you to see patterns in the scripture that are types and shadows that you might call that are similar in substance that of, of what we might understand when we're looking at forensic evidence. Forensic evidence is always determined by DNA profiling. Well, I want you to know there is profiling prophetic profiling, patterns, types, shadows that are pieced together in scripture that all connect to Calvary. I want you to understand, dear child of God, that the word of God has already established in every place that we see atonement revealed, Calvary is unconcealed. I want to show you, dear child of God, the Calvary connection. And so today, beloved saints, going beyond this blood evidence, let us look now at the word of God. And today, the first claim that heaven is putting in for you and I to see that when we study the blood evidence in the scripture is, first of all, I want you to see God's sign of salvation revealed in creation. God's sign of salvation revealed in creation is going to be understood when we look at the numbers of atonement. Let's look at these supernatural symbols in the scripture that we will find in the book of Genesis. But first, let's compare them to the backdrop of 10 and 7. Notice the word of God. Leviticus chapter 23 verse 27 says, on the 10th day of this seventh month, you will have a day of atonement. The Bible says on the 10th day of the seventh month, you will have a day of atonement. Verse uh, Leviticus 16 verse 29 says, and this shall be a statute forever unto you in the seventh month, in the 10th day of the month. The Bible tells us in verse 34, this shall be an everlasting statute to make an atonement for the children of Israel. And then we see another type and shadow, a Calvary connection. And we are going to see this as signs and symbols all throughout the scripture in the trail of blood evidence that we see from Genesis to Malachi. We are going to see that blood evidence everywhere we see a sign of Calvary, everywhere we see a symbol of sacrifice, everywhere we see a symbol of atonement, we are going to see the spiritual significance that scripture intended for us to see, which is uh, atonement, uh, atonement unconcealed is Calvary revealed. I want us to see Numbers chapter 29, verse seven. The Bible says, and you shall have in the 10th day of the seventh month, a holy convocation. And we know that this is the day of atonement. So the very first uh, argument that I'm going to present to you 
is that we must understand that God created this world with mercy in mind. Before I share with you the personal, powerful, prophetic promises that are revealed in throughout the scripture concerning the blood-bought blessings of Calvary's cross, first I want to establish the fact that God created this world with mercy in mind. I want you to see, dear child of God, that the scripture is showing us that Everywhere in the Bible where we see types and shadows of tens and sevens, we see tens and sevens as a symbol of atonement. That is why I read to you those three scriptures concerning the day of atonement being in the 10th day of the seventh month. The first argument I'm going to present to you is found in what I call God's sign of salvation inscribed in creation through the uh, the creation code hidden in the book of Genesis. Let's look at Genesis chapter one, and we are going to see 10 utterances, 10 utterances in seven days. Can you say this with me? 10 utterances in seven days, 10 and seven. First, I'm going to show you Genesis chapter one, verse three. We see that God said, Genesis chapter one, verse six. Again, we see God said, Genesis chapter one, verse nine. God said, Genesis chapter one, verse 11. God said, Genesis chapter one, verse 14. God said, we see Genesis chapter one, verse 20. God said, and we see Genesis chapter one, verse 24. God said, then we see Genesis chapter one, verse 26. God said, Genesis chapter one, verse 28. God said, Genesis chapter one, 29. God said, 10 times the Bible is showing us 10 times that we see 10 utterances, 10 utterances revealed in the scriptures. These 10 utterances, beloved saints, are shown to us in the prophetic parallel of seven days. So I want us to see 10 utterances and seven days. This is so very important for us to see, beloved saints, 10 utterances in seven days because we see Calvary revealed in the creation code. I want you to see the day of atonement inscribed in the creation code. Now I want you to know that Moses uttered these 10 utterances the words God said 10 times on purpose. There could have been in the word of God, we could have seen in the word of God seven times that God said. We could have seen four times that God said. We could have seen 20 times that God said. But you see, Moses, when reiterating the creation story to us, had a prophetic agenda. And we must understand that the author's intent is revealed to us here very clearly and concisely. That before the foundation of the world, we see God had mercy in mind, knowing that man was going to sin, knowing that man was going to fall short of the glory of God. So we cannot dispute, nor can we refute 10, 10 utterances and seven, seven days. The numerical, if you will, the very numerical equations, if you will, of day of atonement, the 10th day of the seventh month. Now, beloved saints, I want to show you a second sign of salvation revealed in creation. 
I want you to go with me to Genesis chapter 1, and I want you to go with me to verses 11 and 12. Here we are going to see, hidden in the creation code, a second piece of evidence. Now remember, beloved people, I am showing you blood evidence that is presented throughout the scripture so that you and I will know that it has been God's intent from the very beginning of time to show us that Jesus Christ is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world and that you and I must understand the penalty that was paid has also redeemed back to us everything the enemy has stolen from the human race. I want you to understand that the return of your loss has already been paid for by the power of the cross, including your healing, including your deliverance, including not only just your glorious salvation, which is the greatest miracle in the Bible, but I also want you to know there are certain redemption rights that have already been paid for by the blood of of the cross. I want you to understand that many saints of God, because we lack knowledge, because the Bible says my people perish for a lack of knowledge. We do not understand the value of every scripture because all scripture is inspired of God. So we can't just say poor Portions of scripture minister to us. We must also understand that every word in the Bible has been fully inspired of God and it is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness that the man, the woman of God be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So God wants you thoroughly equipped. And one of the ways you are going to be equipped, armed and dangerous against the enemy is to know your redemption rights. If you do not know your redemption rights, the enemy can continue to seize illegally what already has been purchased by the blood. He can seize your destiny. He can seize your healing. He can seize that can try to seize and take uh, possession illegally of your children and of every promise that God has given you in the word of God. So we need to stop the enemy because he's an illegal thief. All right, beloved saints. Let's go now and let us continue in the context as we look at this blood evidence that has been presented for us in the word of God. We are now going to Genesis chapter one, and we're going to look at verse 11, the second piece of blood evidence that I'm going to present to you today in the scripture is going to be the presentation uh, of, of salvation that we are going to see here in verses 11 and 12. And we are going to see the cross and the resurrection revealed on the third day of creation. Let us look just for a moment. Let us go to the Bible. The Bible says, and God said, let the earth bring forth the grass, the herb yielding seed, whose, um, the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree whose seed is in itself uh, upon the earth. And it was so. Now notice Moses is going to repeat it again because repetition means something special. And the scripture says, and the earth brought forth grass, the herb yielding seed after its kind and the, the tree yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed is in itself, and God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. Now, beloved saints, I want you to understand what the scripture is going to be teaching us concerning the miraculous manifestation of the third day. It is very important that you and I as believers know our redemption rights. And first of all, I want to share with you that the word for the word for tree and the word for wood 
in Hebrew are exactly the same. I want you to understand, dear child of God, that wherever you see wood, which is the word eighths, or wherever you see tree, it is the word eighths also. So eighths is the word in Hebrew for tree, and eighths is the Hebrew word for wood. So I want you to understand that all throughout the scripture, the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter three, we see that the Bible says in verse 13, that the cross is also rendered as a tree. The Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. I also want us to see, beloved saints, that the Bible tells us, the Bible says in 1 Peter, um, the Bible refers to the cross as the tree. And we see it again throughout the book of Acts. We see in Acts chapter 5 that the cross is also rendered as the tree. So therefore, beloved saints, we must understand that wherever we see tree, we are also seeing the cross. And I want you to see that the scripture is establishing from the very beginning in this first piece of evidence that we saw in the 10 utterances and the seven days, 10 and seven inscribed in creation, which is atonement. We are seeing Calvary as the fulfillment of that atonement on the third day of creation. Why is it that on the third day before the sun was created, because the sun was created on the fourth day of creation, why is it that the tree was actually created before the sun. This is a question that is begging us to research. I want you to understand it is not because the Bible is incorrect. It is because Moses is showing us something about the supernatural status of the tree. Moses has a political, a prophetic, if you will. He has a prophetic purpose behind his presentation of this, of the cross. He is associating the cross with the third day of creation. The third day being the resurrection. All right, beloved saints, now that we have established that particular argument and we have seen without a shadow of a doubt that cannot be refuted, we have seen 10 and 7 inscribed in creation, which I call atonement in the creation code. We have also established the fact of blood evidence beginning its argument in the scriptures to present that before time, Jesus Christ was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world that we see on the fourth day of creation when time as we know it through the creation of the sun and the moon, meaning time in its measure, measured time. We see the third day of creation, days one through three in the infinite span of time where time has not yet been measured. I want you to understand this infinite span of time also reveals, if you will, three other biblical feasts. We see Passover also inscribed in creation. We see the very same words that are used in Exodus chapter 14 at the Red Sea. We see waters being divided from the waters. And this is the exact language that God gives to Moses when he stretches his rod over the sea. And the Bible says that God commanded Moses to stretch his rod over the sea. And the Bible says, and the waters divided from the water. 
waters in in Exodus chapter 14, looking at verse 16. Then we also see in Exodus 14, verse 21, the very same language and explicit expression that we also see in Genesis chapter one, verses six through nine. We see that when the waters were divided, the Bible says that God called the waters sea and the Bible says, and dry land appeared. This is the very language that Moses uses at the Red Sea. The waters were divided from the waters and dry land appeared. We see this in verse 21. So we must understand that dry land or dry earth or dry ground, it's all the same word in Hebrew. We must understand that it appeared. Why? Because there is an imprint in creation that God is showing us the timelessness. God is showing us the infinite plan of salvation that he had before the foundation of the world to reveal Calvary's cross to you and to me. So we must understand the spiritual significance of the biblical feasts hidden in creation. Now, let us continue. And today, uh, concerning your redemption rights, let us look at one of the most powerful pieces of blood evidence that we have in the scripture. And we are going to see the return of our loss through the power of the cross demonstrated for us in the book of Jeremiah. I want us to go to Jeremiah chapter 32. And in Jeremiah chapter 32, we are going to see evidence that demands a decision. We are going to see, first of all, the concept of covenant conveyed through signs. As we have shared with you before, the concept of covenant conveyed in signs is seen throughout the scripture. A sign uh, is always the proof of a promise between two parties. We see this illustrated throughout the scripture. We see in Genesis chapter 9 verse 12, God said to Noah, this is a sign and a token of the covenant. We also see in Genesis chapter 17 verse 11 that God said to Abraham, this is a sign and a token of the covenant. We also see in Exodus chapter 12, verse 13, this sign, this is a sign, or God said, this blood shall be a token upon the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. So so we have already established the fact that one of the signs of atonement is that we see throughout the scripture, the text teaches the numbers 10 and 7 are the symbols and this, uh, what I might call, what we might call the symbols of the supernatural works of God revealed in the atonement. And I, every place where we see 10 and 7, I want you to see that we see signs of blood evidence. I share this with you as a preface before we see the redemption rites that are going to be revealed to us in Jeremiah chapter 32, which are a type and shadow of what the blood did for you and I. I want you to see that the scripture is showing us, beloved saints, we are seeing that where the enemy brought devastation, God has promised divine restoration through the blood. Let us look just for a moment at Jeremiah chapter 32, because we are going to see 10 and 7 as a symbol that where the enemy brought devastation, God has promised total restoration. And we are going to see Jeremiah is called by God to make a purchase of property. 
Let us look at Jeremiah, looking at chapter 32, beloved saints. Let us see how it is worded here in the word of God. The Bible says, beloved saints, uh, while Jeremiah was shut up in the prison, the Bible says, and the word of the Lord came to me saying, behold, Hanamiel, the son of Shalom, your, your uncle, the son of your uncle shall come to you and say, buy of me the field that is in Anathoth, for it is thine to buy it. So Hanamiel, my uncle's son, came to me in the court of the prison. And according to the word of the Lord said unto me, by my field, I pray thee, that is in Anathoth, which is in the country of Benjamin, for the right of inheritance is thine and the redemption is thine. Buy it for thyself. And I knew this was the word of the Lord. And the Bible continues in the context saying, And I bought the field of Hanamiel, my uncle's son, that was in Anathoth, and I weighed him the money, even 17 shekels of silver. Now, beloved saints, I want you to understand that we see two irrefutable symbols of atonement that are undeniable. And I want you to understand that there is definitely a reason why God had Jeremiah purchase this land for 17 shekels of silver. First of all, I want you to understand that shekels of silver throughout the Bible are always associated with atonement. I want you to understand that the Bible tells us in Zechariah that Jesus was sold for 30 shekels of silver, 30 pieces of silver. But I also want you to see that the Bible is showing us that there was a certain temple tax that was levied upon the people of God in the wilderness by Moses. And later we see this temple tax also used in the New Testament. And we see that the original purpose of the temple tax or what we call the shekels of silver were for atonement. If we look at the scripture, the Bible says in Exodus chapter 30, verse 16, and you will take the atonement money of the children of Israel and you will appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, that it may be a memorial unto the children of Israel before the Lord and it shall make an atonement for your souls. So the question arises, what kind of a memorial did God demand that there be in the tabernacle and later set up in the temple? Why did God mandate the uh, the the temple tax of a half shekel of silver when heads were counted. Now I want you to understand the national census of Israel could not be taken the way we take a national census. You could not just count heads. God demanded that a half shekel of silver be accounted for every head and it was used as a temple tax because every single person in Israel when they went to battle had to be atoned for. 
and in the sight of God. When God looked upon the shekels, God would see as a memorial, a reminder of atonement. This is why the son of God had to be sold for 30 pieces of silver. So here we see that Jeremiah is told by God, he's going to purchase this property and the right of redemption is his to purchase it. And he's going to purchase it for 17 shekels of silver. We have already showed to you from Exodus chapter 30, verse 16, that the atonement, uh, that silver is a prophetic parallel and that it signifies spiritually the atonement of their souls. Now, I also want to show you that we have already demonstrated to you why 17 shekels of silver. Why not 16 shekels of silver? Why not 100 shekels of silver? Why did it have to be 17 shekels of silver? It had to be 17 shekels of silver because these are the numbers of atonement. I want you to see 10 and 7, which is a symbol of the blood-bought blessings of Calvary's cross. I want you to see that every place we see symbols of atonement. We are seeing the return of our loss through the power of the cross. Now, beloved saints, I want you to understand why God told Jeremiah that his cousin was going to come to him when he was shut up in the prison and that God was going to use his cousin to offer him to buy the land that was his by right of redemption to purchase. Because beloved saints, when Jeremiah was in the court of prison, Jeremiah had had been preaching for 40 years that the entire city of Jerusalem was going to go up in flames, that there was going to be nothing left of the land of Judea, that all the inhabitants in Judea were going to be taken to Babylon and they were going to be exiled. But you see, God already had their back before the attack. God already had deliverance before the dilemma. God already had a plan before the enemy attacked. And this was the plan that God is telling Jeremiah, you are going to purchase a piece of land. And God uh, then gives Jeremiah a word. But I want you to see that the scripture is going to use extremely legal words in the purchase of this property. In a literal sense of scripture, we are going to see that this, which is going to be done by Jeremiah, this purchase of property by his uncle's son and to buy it for 17 shekels of silver is going to be evidence that in the future, the people of God that were exiled out of the land were going to return. It was going to be evidence that 17 and that the purchase of the land was going to be evidence that God was going to be faithful to fulfill his promise that the children of Israel would not stay in Babylon forever, that God would work one of the greatest miracles and that they would return and repossess the land that they had lost. I hope somebody's hearing this. God is now promising restoration after devastation through the blood-bought blessings of Calvary's cross. I want you to see dear people of God that Jeremiah chapter 32 
teaches us the right of redemption for your destiny. This means that God is able to redeem the dream in your life. I want you to understand because God is able to redeem the dream. It does not matter what the enemy has done, how he has illegally seized your property, illegally seized your children, illegally oppressed you with depression, illegally tried to put a sickness upon you, tried to scatter your business, scatter your dream, cause you in some way to to feel that God has abandoned you. I want you to see that verse seven. Let's continue in the context of Jeremiah chapter 32. I want to go over what the Bible says here, because in verse seven, last line, the Bible says, by thee, my field that is in Anathoth for the right of redemption is thine to buy it. I want to speak to you for a moment concerning the right of redemption. Let us look at this word redemption in the Hebrew language. First of all, I want you to understand that redemption is the word geula. And the word geula is taken from the Hebrew root ga'al. The word ga'al means to reclaim, to repossess. Let me say that again. Say this with me. Holy Spirit, I want to know my redemption rights. Holy Spirit, I want to reclaim what the enemy has illegally seized from me. You see, child of God, if you don't know your redemption rights, how are you going to go and reclaim what the enemy has stolen? You see, beloved saints, there are some of us that have never been read our rights. That means we've never gone into the word of God deep enough to know what God has promised us. But I want you to know, that this word geula, which is the word redemption taken from the Hebrew word root, ga'al, means to reclaim, to repossess something. This means that this word denotes the legal right to take possession of property that was lost. I want you to understand that God is in the business of returning back what the enemy has stolen. And we've already got God's guarantee because it's been bought by the blood. This is why Jeremiah chapter 32 verse 7 is teaching us that this purchase of property that Jeremiah is going to make is going to be a futuristic uh, sign that God was going to bring restoration after devastation to the people of God so that we must understand that this is going to be done by Jeremiah the prophet. He is going to cause a court of law to go on a Torah court of law right there in the prison to make a legal transaction in the sight of witnesses so that everyone will know that God is going to legally oblige himself to the blood. God is going to legally oblige himself to legally uh, so that we might understand that these are blood-bought blessings. Now, you say, Dr. Corral, I need just a little more proof. Not only is 10 and 7 the symbols of atonement and 17 shekels of silver, that was the price that Jeremiah paid. And not only is the, the fact that we saw that atonement, beloved, is revealed in the concept of shekels. We saw that he purchased it for 17 shekels of silver. We proved to you from Exodus chapter 13 that the shekels of silver throughout the Hebrew, Hebrew scriptures are used, beloved saints, as a, t- as a sign of atonement. 
Now we need to see that Jeremiah, who is one of the most outstanding scholars of scripture in the word of God, uh, ever look at the book of Lamentations, you will see how this is just a sidebar. You will see how Jeremiah makes every chapter in the book of Lamentations 22 verses. He does 22 verses in chapter one, 22 verses in chapter two, 66 verses in chapter three, 22 verses in chapter uh, four, and 22 verses in chapter five. Why did Jeremiah do it like that? Jeremiah did it like that because there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And he was showing Israel that every single commandment with every letter you have broken. Now I'm showing you this because Jeremiah is going to do this deliberately. Everything he wrote in scripture is not something at random. I want you to understand there's nothing random in the scripture. You and I do not, should not consider, well, the authors of scripture ran out of words. So they were just trying to communicate a point. I want you to understand child of God, that everything is written in scripture very deliberately and that the Holy ghost moved the prophets of old to speak the word of the living God clearly and concisely so that we see here in Jeremiah chapter 32, the context conveys the use of the word evidence. We are going to see that Jeremiah actually uses the word evidence seven times. We see this word evidence used in verse one. We see the word evidence used in Jeremiah 32 verse 11. Then we see it again in verse 11. So we see it three times in verses 10 and 11. We then see a fourth use of the word evidence found in verse 13, we see uh, in verse 14, we see uh, additional uses of the word evidence. And then in verse 16, we also see the word evidence used so that we see a total use of the word evidence seven times. Now you may say, Dr. Corral, why did Jeremiah place this evidence and this word evidence seven times? Why didn't he put it six times, five times, four times? Why did he deliberately write the word evidence seven times in Jeremiah chapter 32? This is because first of all, evidence means witness. And we need to know that we already have a reliable witness. We already have a reliable evidence. And we must also understand that the word seven in the Hebrew language is the word Sheva. But we must also understand that it is also the spelling only with different vowel pronunciation of the word Shaba, which means oath. God is swearing by oath, by the fact that he is using seven times the word evidence because God swears by the blood. I want you to understand the blood of Jesus. God has made a covenant with all mankind that we must understand that the blood has already bought it. And you and I must understand that God has given his guarantee of the return of our loss through the power of the cross. Heavenly Father today, we just released these blood-bought blessings in this seventh month on the biblical calendar. We release these blood-bought blessings for your children. Lord, those that are listening today that have had the stamina to listen, Father God, to these words, I pray, first of all, that Holy Spirit, you heal their families. I pray right now for someone who's had 
a continuous brain fog and it's from having COVID, but God is healing you from that brain fog right now. And you are going to see that everything is going to clearly come back to you. God is also telling me that there are some of you that COVID has affected your business and you have just, you've just been dumbfounded because if you look back two years ago, you've been looking and thinking about the stat status of your business and how it has been affected by COVID. But God wants you to know, beloved saints, that he is with you and that he is going to give you back. You need to claim this word. You see, if we don't know the word and we don't know our redemption rights, you see faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've got to make a statement of the word. You've got to come back. And you see, when we're walking by faith, faith means that we have to give God something to work with. That means we have to make a declaration with our mouth or we have to believe it or make an investment in something by either uh, standing up and walking or picking up our bed and walking or doing something that God told us to do to activate the miraculous in our life. And I see, this person who has lost uh, many assets in their business from COVID. God is telling you right now, he's going to give you a new business. God is telling me right now that it may be the same business, but it's going to resurrect into something that is greater than it was before. And God is giving you a word that the second is going to be greater than the former found in Haggai chapter two, verse nine. So just claim this from the Lord right now. And God is also telling me, beloved, saints that there are many that have had fear uh, there are several of you we're living in a time that is so uncertain earth is like a quandary right now everyone is running we don't know but I uh, what is happening but one thing we need to be sure upon we need to know that without a shadow of a doubt uh, if, if we don't believe that we're in end times if we don't believe we've already entered into the end of the end of days then we uh, we need help we really do because we need to look at all of of the evidence that's been presented to us in the scripture and compare it, beloved saints, with what has been happening in the world. We have actually seen in one week more signs, earthquakes. We've seen we've seen earthquakes. We've seen floods. We've seen hurricanes. We have seen two earthquakes, the one in Mexico, the one in Haiti. We have seen nations suddenly be taken over by other nations. We have seen symbols and signs that appear as a suddenly. Suddenly, everything is changing. I want you to know, don't think it's strange because beloved saints, when you belong to Jesus, there is going to be a supernatural protection plan that's over your life. Let me close with this mystery. I pray you are listening, beloved saints. I pray you are listening because this is a word that God is giving you. For those of you that are so concerned about your children, those of you that say, what are we going to do? We're being faced with decisions that are just uh, that are such difficult decisions. We are being faced with decisions that are going to affect us for our future. And I want you to know, dear child of God, that God has already promised protection. I want you to know God's protection plan is at hand.
You say, Dr. Corral, show me scripture and verse. Is there anything in the Bible that's going to show me that I am protected in end times? I want you to know that Jesus said throughout describing the time of the end, that Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Do you realize, dear child of God, that Moses spared the word atonement? He did not use the word atonement ever used in any association with Adam. Even though we do have what is called the Proto-Evangelium in shown to us in uh, Genesis 3.15, which is the promise of salvation. We see signs and we definitely see altars, but we don't see the word atonement used until the flood. Do you realize the very first place Moses uses atonement with the root kafar? We see this word used in Genesis 6, verse 14. When God told Noah, cover the ark with pitch, within and without. The pitch was a sealing agent that was going to prevent the ark from sinking. It was going to be a a preservation, that it was a protective covering that God was putting over the ark within it and without it. Now, I want you to understand this word pitch translated from English, which is used twice in Genesis 6.14. This word pitch translates to the word kafar, which is the root of the word kapoor or atonement. I want you to understand it is a type and it is a shadow of what the blood has bought for you and for me. I want you to understand that Noah's Ark represents the church in the end times. I want you to understand that the Ark of Noah is in the midst of waters of destruction. The the Ark of Noah has within it eight people, even someone who's not totally righteous. Did you know not all Noah's children were totally righteous, but because of Noah's sake, for the sake of Noah, And also for the sake of atonement, that Noah's son Ham, who from the line of Ham, we have the Canaanite wicked nation. I want you to know that even Ham was spared because you and I must understand that inside that ark, there is a sign. There is an eternal sign that God told Noah, cover the ark with pitch within and without. And we see this as a type and shadow of blood evidence. I want you to know that you are going to be preserved in this end time. God is promising supernatural preservation in the midst of devastation in these end times. So go forth, child of God, knowing that no matter what is happening to this world, don't, I know we need to get concerned, but don't get caught up in it. Focus on your ministry. Focus on the fact that we have little time left. 
and be sure that you hold on and hold fast to that which Christ has given you. Be sure you're not becoming lukewarm. Be sure that you watch and that you pray and that more than ever before you go forward, no matter what is coming against you and accomplish what Christ has put in your hands. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us today. And and I want to say again, please join me at our website at mydayofdestiny.com. We invite you to download any of our former podcasts. We also invite you to get my latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. And you can do that by going to mydayofdestiny.com. We'd like to invite you to take this opportunity to donate to our Hesed Global Missions. Let the love of Jesus shine on you today. You can help our feeding programs in Masaka, Uganda, and Kampala, Uganda, help educate children in India. We are raising up Christians who have been violated of their human rights in Pakistan through the Dr. Michelle Corral Sewing School. There are so many initiatives that need your seed. Become a part of Hesed Worldwide Global Initiatives today. Text Hesed to 77977 or visit our website, breathofthespirit.org, and click donate to donate via PayPal. Thank you on behalf of the thousands that are helped every day by this ministry. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and we'll see you very soon.